Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 95, recorded Monday, October 10th, 2022. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hello again, everyone. And a very big thank you for tuning into this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Centropino. Well, we are quickly coming to the end of our dive season up here in New England, at least for most of us. The days are growing much shorter, and the daytime temperatures are starting to drop quite a bit. With the shorter days and limited sunshine, the water temperatures are also starting to get cooler. We finished up our last uh, scheduled training this weekend back up at Fort Wetherall in Jamestown, Rhode Island, and that was with one of our favorite classes, Rescue Diver. We had a great group finish up over the weekend, and some of them are destined for our Dive Master program that will be starting in 2023. With the weather getting cooler up here, we're all set to head down to Little Cayman in a few days. We're really looking forward to our six days of diving out there on Bloody Bay Wall. The Caymans lucked out, and I didn't see that there was that much impact from Hurricane Ian. Wish I could say the same for Florida. It does look like it'll be a very long recovery down there. And speaking of Florida, the Dive Equipment and Marketing Association show is just three weeks away. I got back from Little Cayman and head right back down to Orlando. And I'm really looking forward to the DEMA show 2022. Last weekend, we attended the Boston Sea Rover's 68th Annual Clinic, and it was a very busy couple of days. Today, I'm going to give you an update on the show. But up first is Wet Notes, my news and information update. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, October 10th, 2022. First up, a couple of months ago, I told you about a paddy club trip that they were running down to the Florida Keys in September. Well, I checked in with Zach Pavkov, who heads up paddy club at the Boston Sea Rovers Clinic, and I wanted to find out how it went. Well, Zach said it was a rousing success. They had about 30 divers from around the world participate. I think he said there was even a diver from Kenya. They had three stops in Key Largo, Almorada, and Key West. The group was split into two different groups, one for the deeper wrecks and one for the shallower reefs. They also experienced a number of dive operators, including Almorada Dive Company, Horizon Divers, Amore Resort, Rainbow Reef, Florida Keys Dive Center, Lost Reef, South Point, and Captain's Corner. Wow. Zach also said that they did a dive against debris and collected 300 pounds of trash. So what's next? Planning is starting for a 2023 event. 
I'll stay connected with Zach, and maybe I can even have him come on the show and tell us all about the 2023 trip. Stay tuned. And while we're on the subject of the Florida Keys, I saw where there's a new safety video on diving in the Keys that has been produced by the Florida Keys Tourism Council. It is titled, Dive Safely in the Florida Keys. This short video is only about three and a half minutes long and features two prominent Key Largo dive professionals. Stephen Frank, the accomplished underwater photographer and editor of Alert Diver magazine from Dan, and Dan Dawson, the owner of Horizon Divers. Stephen stresses the importance of being physically fit for diving and shows us the exercises that he does in the pool to stay ready to dive. Dan takes us through some of the common sense elements, including ensuring that your equipment is maintained and that you know how to use it. And he also discusses diving to your certification levels, taking a refresher course if needed, and how important it is to listen to the boat crews and dive site briefing. This is all common sense, but sometimes people need to be reminded of the basics. You can check out the Dive Safely in the Florida Keys video. Some great shots of the Florida Keys. Here's some news on dive operations out of Maui. Now, you know that I've talked about Maui here on the show a number of times and wrote about all my adventures out there in my book. Well, if you're out diving in the Kihei area, there's a new operator, island-style diving. Javier and Christina Cantalopes, who also own Sting J Maui wetsuits, purchased Mike Severn's Diving and the boat Pilikai. The Pilikai can accommodate 10 divers, and they run their dive charters to Molokini, both the crater and back wall, as well as McKenna Landing and the South Shore. Like most of the operators out of Kihei, the boat is trailered and leaves from the Kihei boat ramp. I checked out their website, and it looks like you can also do private charters on the Pilikai. And in whale season, they do offer afternoon whale-watching excursions. They really have a great website at DiveIslandStyle.com. And while you're there, you can also check out their Sting J Maui wetsuits. Maybe someday I'll make it back out to Maui. Good luck, Javier and Christina, on the new venture. Well, there's no doubt that the scuba industry is different today than it was 20 or 30 years ago. But exactly where is it going? Well, I came across a couple of articles over the past few weeks that are somewhat conflicting. The first article was on a report that came out from Infinity Research Limited titled Global Scuba Diving Equipment Market 2022 to 2026. Essentially, this report indicated that the global market for scuba gear is projected to increase by $618 million over that period. They attributed this increase to the surge in innovation of scuba diving equipment, as well as divers looking for eco-friendly dive equipment. It appears that this research was worldwide and looked at the markets including North America, Europe, Asia-Pacific, South America, the Middle East, and Africa. Approximately 25 vendors also participated that included Aqualung, Cressy, Diversco, DUI, Johnson Outdoor, Henderson, and Shearwater, to name a few. 
Now, I'm not sure if that $618 million is a good number, or with especially with price increases that are starting that we see all the time, if that's really uh, a great number for us. I didn't download the whole 120-page report because it was a bit pricey at $2,500. So while that report would appear to be a bit of good news, at least on the surface, there are also some alarming numbers related to scuba diving if we look at the number of people actually participating in scuba diving. John Liang from Deeper Blue had an article titled Scuba Diving Participation Rates Have Plummeted, and he referenced an article that Darcy Kiernan wrote on scubanomics. Darcy has long been an advocate about changing the scuba diving business model. For, for more than a decade, scuba diving has been losing ground while other water sport participation rates have actually increased. In 2016, there were an estimated 3.1 million active divers. In 2019, pre-pandemic, that number dropped to 2.7 million. And last year, 2021, the number dropped again to 2.5 million. Now, these numbers came from the Sports and Fitness Industry Association. Darcy is sounding the alarm. He says that the dive industry is simply not satisfying today's consumer. I think I'd have to agree with Darcy that we do need to change the model, and it's going to take all of us working together, dive shops, equipment manufacturers, training agencies, and resorts to come up with the innovation that is needed. And finally, just a reminder that I will be part of Tech Clark's Power of Podcasting panel discussion at the DEMA show this year. The panel will be on Thursday, November 3rd at 1 p.m., and I'll be participating along with Stephen Whalen, James Blackman, and Jason Meany. So if you're going to the DEMA show, please make plans to attend Tech's panel discussion. Should be a lot of fun. Well, that wraps up this installment of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, October 10th, 2022. For the past several years, I've been working with the Boston Sea Rovers, helping them plan and execute their annual show. Now, I first started going to the show back in 2005, Back then, the show was held at the Fairmount Copley Plaza in Boston, and Scuba Shack would run a bus up to the show. We would leave early Saturday morning, arrive just before the opening of the clinic, and stay through the film festival, and then make the long trek back to Connecticut. Well, a lot has changed since my first clinic. The show is now held at the Doubletree Hotel in Danvers, Massachusetts, and because of the pandemic, the clinic shifted from its traditional March time frame to early October last year. And I'll have more to come on that aspect later. The show kicked off on Friday, September 30th. There were a number of workshops, including a public safety workshop that Monty heads up, and Mark Grisham from PSI PCI conducted his visual cylinder inspection course. I recently attended one of Mark's virtual sessions, and he really provides a wealth of information. There was also a workshop by Ocean Reef on servicing and repairing of their full face masks. 
Friday night is also one of various festivities. First up, the Sea Rovers hosted a cocktail reception for all of their exhibitors. This was a very nice way to recognize all of the vendors who supported the show and especially giving them a drink after all their hard work setting up their booths. Next up is the annual benefit dinner that supports the Boston Sea Rover Summer Intern Program. And the night wrapped up with the speaker's cocktail party. Nick Faser, the president of the Sea Rovers, also gave a short address at the cocktail party, thanking all those who made the event possible, and he announced that the show will shift back to its traditional March date in 2024. There will be an event in 2023, and it looks like it just might be a film festival. That will keep the streak going at 69, with 2024, the show being the 70th. The actual show kicked off on Saturday morning. I was at the volunteer table, checking in all the folks who signed up to help us out. Primarily, the volunteers monitor the doors to the seminar room, making sure to check for badges and wristbands. There were three rooms set up for presentations. Saturday's presentations focused on shipwrecks and maritime history, underwater creatures, photography, and exotic locations. Matthew presented his short film on the diving that he did up in the Great Lakes last summer. That was on several shipwrecks. His presentation was titled, Crossroads of Commerce, Shipwrecks of the Great Lakes. After I got done checking in the volunteers, I joined Monty for a workshop that we put together on dive computers. We called it everything you always wanted to know about dive computers, but were afraid to ask. Not a very original title, but we covered a lot of information, starting with the history of the dive computers. Then we followed it up with the decompression models that they used and wrapped it up with a practical discussion on how to set up and use a dive computer. We had a lot of fun with the workshop. As for the exhibit floor, there was excellent participation, and that was encouraging, given that DEMA is only one month away. A couple of exhibitors were not able to attend due to Hurricane Ian. Getting out of Florida was a bit of a challenge. But there was a good mix. I took a little time to check out some of the dive destinations, as well as connect with Rob and Zach from Patty. I also checked in with Shearwater, Ewish, and Fourth Element, and it was great to see Faith Orton's from Blue Green Expeditions. Donna and I also spent some time with Ocean Quest Adventures out of Newfoundland, and that was pretty cool. I'm not a huge cold water diving fan, but the Stanley's operation really had some interesting activities in diving. We are looking into potentially running a trip up there next summer. The pictures of the puffins sealed the deal for me. The capstone event of the Boston Sea Rovers Clinic is the Saturday Night Film Festival. The film festival kicked off with a short video from Joel Penner. This year, the master of ceremonies was Chuck Davis, whose resume as an underwater cameraman, photographer, and cinematographer is amazing. Chuck was also named the Boston Sea Rovers Diver of the Year. And the presentation of the award was really cool. Brian Scarry and Bob Ballard zoomed in to the show from the research vessel MV Nautilus, somewhere in the Pacific. 
There were also presentations by Jim and Pat Steyer, as well as Keith Ellenbogen. Tara Roberts presented a powerful audio presentation on telling the story about black scuba divers as they search for and help document slave shipwrecks around the world. The film festival wrapped up with a presentation by Chuck Davis that also included a tribute to Ernie Brooks. I kicked off Sunday morning by once again getting all the volunteers checked in and assigned to their posts. Then it was time to attend some of the seminars. It was really cool to hear about the work Greg Scomo is doing on tracking sharks. I also sat in on a presentation by Faith Orton's on exploration. Faith runs some amazing trips with blue-green expeditions. I wrapped up the show by attending a presentation on diving and exploring Iceland by Patrick Madden. Now, it has been fun and rewarding working with the Boston Sea Rovers on their annual show. But now, we have to wait a bit for the next one. That would be an anniversary year, the 70th show. So in 2024, everyone is excited to get back to the traditional dates and see the attendance get back to the pre-pandemic levels, when the seminars were full and there was standing room only for the film festival. I'll keep you posted here on the podcast about where things are headed with the Boston Sea Rovers Annual Clinic. Well, that wraps up Episode 95 of Scuba Sack Radio. Now I'm off to Little Cayman for a great week of diving, and then it's on to Orlando for the DEMA show. I am really excited to reconnect with so many people and be part of Tech Clark's Power of Podcasting panel. So once again, I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks to tell you all about Little Cayman. Until then, take care, everyone. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time. <laughs>